Welcome to the Box and Life Podcast, where we talk about everything from boxing to business. Mindset to money, speaking to some of the world's best minds. From Sunderland, England, now living in Los Angeles, California, here is your host, 2008 Olympic medalist and former undefeated professional boxer, Tony Jeffries. Welcome to the Box and Life Podcast. I'm here with my business partner, Kevin Watson. Kevin, how's it going, mate? Good, good. How are you? Good, good. So on this episode, we interview Dr. Charles Burnick. Dr. Charles Burnick is a brain doctor. What's the proper word for that? Neurologist. 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 And he's based in Las Vegas, the Cleveland Clinic. And he's doing a a huge study, I think the biggest study in the world on the boxers' brains, MMA brains, like fighters' brains. So uh, me and Kev went to Vegas, it was a few weeks ago now, and we interviewed him on the podcast. But the the main reason why I went was to get some brain scans and, and get tests on me on my brain. You know, I, I've done a podcast episode thirty two, if you want to go back and listen to that one, where I went to Vegas uh, a year ago and I got some brain tests to help them with a study on the fighters' brains. And uh, I really wanted to go because I was worried. I remember I told you that that time when I, I started getting worried about about me brain and, and, mm-hmm. and about brain health and I know you know a lot about brain health now because your mom's gone through mm-hmm. a hard time with Alzheimer's uh, so the first time I went done the tests where you're sitting doing computer things I think did you see some of the tests I was yeah, doing yeah you're doing reactions and, and, yeah. and memory stuff right reactions balance yeah. memory speech uh, reading and that sort of stuff and you did an MRI as well right then, yeah then the MRI was after that how was that <laughs> uh, Boring as shit, mm. lying there for it. Those are the worst, man. It's so claustrophobic too. Yeah, you, you're squeezed in there and can't move. It was like an hour and ten minutes, and it was so horrible and boring. Like, dum, dum, dum. Loud, <laughs> especially now, especially especially now, like where, where, where the the day and age where we are, where we're addicted to uh, the phones and instant, want well, instant yeah. shit instantly. So yeah. you're sitting there bored as shit. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, a year ago I got the results, and he said the results from all of the from the computer test and I was average for a 31 year old I was 31 at the time and I was so happy with that mm-hmm. because I was worried but then he said but then he said uh, just because you were um, just because you were average doesn't mean that it's good necessarily because mm-hmm. you could have been above average three years ago and then it could be slowly deteriorating because that's what right. dementia does so I was like oh shit he said so come back in a year's time and do the test again and then uh, then we should know a little bit better mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, and that's what's great about these long-term studies is as you collect more data over time, you can you can make different inferences and draw more conclusions about it. So yeah. it's a really cool thing he's doing with CTE and such a big deal now, even with American football, uh, it's becoming something that is just absolutely massive. I know they do a lot of work with, I think, yeah. with football players too there. So. Yeah, I, I know. And then it's funny because I never knew anything about American football before I come here. People were like, oh, they suffer from head trauma. And I was like, nah. Surely not, but they really do when they it's do. very serious. There's a car crash every every single play, you know, and I'm to the point, and it's funny, my roommate works for the NFL Network, but I'm to the point where I'm thinking 10 years from now, I don't know if football is going to, if it's going to be around anymore. Right. What if they do now with kids football, um, they're all playing flag football. They, like when I was young, we play, I think I started at like 12 or 13, you're playing tackle football at, from that age. And so now they're like kind of pushing that age back, and they're let those kids are playing flag football until they get to like high school, and then yeah. they're letting them play tackle, banging heads all the time. Yeah. And yeah, like like we said, it's, to, to get to get these proper results from from the 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 brain test, you've got to keep going 
back yeah. and, and doing it again, which is frustrating for me because I want to know right now if yeah. the brain's all right. Yeah. But like, I, I think with uh, CTE, well, I know with CTE you can't find out if you've got CTE until you dead dead and you do a brain. Yeah, test. that's what I've heard, I've heard the same. I mean, I can't say I know too too much about it, but I've heard that as well. Yeah. Uh, so we went to Vegas. I got the second uh, the test. The the brain testing uh, on this podcast he reads the results live to us so listen listen up and listen to what uh, Dr. Charles says mm-hmm. and then we uh, then we get into some stuff with Alzheimer's and dementia mm-hmm. talk about that yeah. and did you know Kev that now I know you've told me some crazy facts about mm-hmm. Alzheimer's but now this year Alz- uh, dementia is the biggest killer in the UK is it? yeah it doesn't surprise me like it's, it's up and coming and it's becoming one of those things where you just can't you can't sweep it under the rug anymore and, and what's really great i think is bill gates just recently donated so much money i think it was was it billion or million i can't remember some maybe it was 10 million i think to to, to alzheimer's research and it's a, a name like that that's putting that yeah. kind of money into it and, and backing it a big name like that it's it's you know now it's getting a lot of it's getting a lot of play it's getting a lot of airtime, if you will and and People are really starting to kind of acknowledge it, and what's what's really cool is Charles Burnick. I mean, he's doing CTE stuff now, but he's one of the leading experts in Alzheimer's and dementia. He has twenty plus years in it, so it was kind of cool to talk with him yeah. about that. Yeah, uh, and get some in, in, some feedback from him. Last year in the UK, it was seventy thousand three hundred and sixty six people died of Alzheimer's, wow. uh, compared to sixty six thousand that died of heart disease because heart disease was the biggest killer yeah. in, before Alzheimer's. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, and. So now, like you see, people's starting to take notice yeah. of it. Because I think before, this is something you might have said, like a while ago, people just thought, oh, it's old age. Right. And that, that's what it got classed as, old yeah. age, but it's not. It's, They're it's, senile kind of thing. And, and, you know, now that <clears throat> people are getting diagnosed younger, but people are living longer, you know, that, that age range of people living with, with the disease is just growing, growing, growing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely an epidemic. Yeah. So dementia describes a set of symptoms Associated with declining of the brain, uh, with memory loss, uh, thinking deficiency, you know, mm-hmm. and and that, that's the thing, big thing. That I was worried about myself, about the way I was thinking. I, I wasn't thinking straight, and but then I thought we've got so much shit going on mm-hmm. with the gyms, and as well, I think the more you think about it, the more you every little thing it sure. stands out more. You're highlighting it. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of that spotlight effect. If you just think about it and you mull over, over and over in your head, you're going to kind of become paranoid about it a little right. bit. I do the same thing. I mean, now my mom has Alzheimer's and like, I forget things. I'm like, shit, I'm only 31, but it's, yeah. you know, cause it's very, it's very hereditary. So it becomes something you, you're very conscious about. Yeah. So with the Cleveland clinic in Vegas and this test that I've done, the, the great thing about these studies is the, you don't have to pay to get, this, they, they appear for it. They appear for you. They appear for your travel, your accommodation. So, if you're a, if you've only you've only had to have one professional fight to do it. You can't be an amateur boxer. You've got to be a professional. If you're in America, they will fly anywhere from America, and I think maybe Canada to Las Vegas to do the tests. Uh, if you're from the UK, unfortunately, they'll not. They appear for your international flight, but they will fly. But if you fly to America, they'll fly from wherever you are in America. And I really recommend any boxer doing this. And there was people saying to me before I'd done the test, like, why do you want to find out? If you can find out, there's nothing you can do anyway. It, it's it's dementia. There's not a cure for it. Mm-hmm. But on this podcast, when we interviewed the doctor, he, he tells us, like, yeah, the reasons why you should find out if mm-hmm. you have got it. And there is things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and if you're more aware of it, uh, obviously the better it's going to be. Yeah, things you know, health and nutrition, everything, just lifestyle change, and, and you know, yeah, exactly. You want to, you need to identify a problem if there is a problem with anything, and then you can address it. Even, yeah, you may not be able to change that deterioration or whatever it is that's happening in the brain, but you can certainly prolong and extend and, and you know deal with quality of life in a different way. Yeah, big time. So. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get in touch with the Cleveland Clinic, just Google Cleveland Clinic Vegas, or the lady who takes their appointments is great. She's called Pam Dino, and you can email her at D at Dino P. So it's <laughs> Dino P. D I N O P for Peter at ccf.org. I'm sure you'll find her uh, information on, on the Cleveland Clinic website. And, and things like this, I was doing a podcast yesterday, I was a guest on a podcast yesterday, and they said, how can people find you? And I say, well, if you want to find us, you'll find us. You know, yeah. if, you, if you want to find out, find where this woman is, you'll, yeah. you'll find us. They've woman. got tons of resources. I mean, it was great about the Cleveland Clinic. We walked in that library and they had so many different resources and the lady was like so helpful. So like, get online and you can get all of those resources yeah. as well, I'm sure. So I really recommend this for boxers to go and, and, uh, and get tested out, you know. Also, everything we talk about today is in the show notes. Go to boxerlife.com forward slash brain You'll get all the links, all the contacts, and all the information that we talk about. That's boxinglife.com forward slash brain. Here it is, the Boxing Life podcast with Dr. Charles Burnick, Kevin Watson, and myself, Tony Jeffries. Enjoy. Party people in the place to be. Uh-huh. It's about that time for us to Dr. Charles Burnick, how are you doing, mate? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for coming on this uh, on the Boxing Life podcast. Uh, can we start off, and if you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself? And yeah, you so I'm a neurologist with the Cleveland Clinic in Las Vegas, um, and um, have a, a particular interest in long-term effects of head trauma. So we're now involved in a large study, over 750 fighters, um, and following, following them over time to really understand better um, what does happen to, yeah. to people. So how long has this been going on here at the Cleveland Clinic? So the study started in 2011, so now we're into the sixth year, although not all of the folks have gone six years, Um, but um, the hope is to track individuals on a yearly basis and see what happens and try to determine why some athletes who have been exposed to repetitive head trauma end up with these long-term brain conditions. Uh, One that's most commonly acknowledged is chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or CTE. Yeah, so you've been doing it for six years, and you said you've uh, done 750 fighters. Exactly. Boxers and UFC, right? Uh, boxers and MMA, yeah. Right. So uh, how long is the study going to go on for? Is it going to be an ongoing thing? or? Yeah, the longer we keep it going, the more we're going to learn. Yeah. Um, so as long as we can support it financially and uh, keep the interest of the participants, um, the hope is to, to really follow people through their career. Yeah. So I did a study a year ago, just over a year ago now, and when I came in last time, you told me my 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 score was average for a 31-year-old, I was 31 at the time, and you, which I was very happy with, but at the same time, it was like we don't know whether it's a good thing or bad thing, because four years ago, it might have been above average, it might have been going down, so... You said come back in a year, and uh, we'll do it again and see where you are, so I'm... Um, here, a year later, and now I've just done the test again, and now you're going to tell us the results. Well, keep in mind the results um, are um, not 
um, I, I, we don't know that uh, if you score the same or if you score a little less or you score a little more, that that means there's a, a disease process or right. something. So you have to take all this stuff with a grain of salt. Um, specifically for you, you actually scored better in some of the tests this year, uh, probably because you maybe you're more comfortable uh, in doing the test or you're used to doing it after having it done the first year. So actually, as we look um, at your... when you first said that there, when you were like, well, you know, it doesn't... I thought I was going to see it, but you went down. Yeah, no, yeah. no. No, well, you can see on uh, the, the iPad-based test that uh, you actually were faster at doing um, some of the tasks. These are the these are the scores last year and this year, so you're actually faster. You got more correct on, on one of the other question uh, tests that, that looked at the, the matching digits and symbols. Yeah. Um, your visual, uh, dynamic visual acuity is about the same, um, and your reaction time is about the same. So it, even in one return visit, we're not totally confident. So I think uh, as we get people back three, four, or five times, then we really get a, trend, a sense of their trend. Are there, is right. their trajectory going down? Is it about the same? Because you always have a little variability. You come in, you're tired, whatever. Um, yeah. So the, the whole key to this process is to get athletes back and, and follow them over time. Yeah. So how long do you think it would take before you can see it? Like, is it like if we're going to be five years, come back in another year, and then it's going to be like, yeah, we can see... Uh yeah, I, th I think that I think we would feel more confident if we have, let's say, three or four time points. Yeah. Um, even with the imaging of the brain, um, there can always be little variabilities uh, from one test to another. So, so you do need a, a, a couple of points of reference. You can't, uh, or, or points to follow up. Um, looking at a person at one point in time is not always that reliable. Right. Yeah. Do you want to uh, tell me a little bit about CTE? Sure. Uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. There's, of course, a great attention to it now, particularly in this country because of American football. Um, but it's a condition we know that's uh, certainly due to repetitive head trauma, though that's probably not the only factor because some people don't get it. And it's a degenerative uh, brain disease. That is that even after you're finished being exposed to head trauma, it continues to progress in the brain in those that have right. it. Um, we find a buildup of a protein in the brain called tau, and somehow it seems to spread through the brain, um, wiping out uh, brain cells yeah. as it goes along. Yeah. So as well, last time, I don't know if you remember, because I know you've studied that many fighters, you called me after my, my brain scan results, and you told me that my membrane's got a split in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's called a cavum septum pellucidum. So there, there's a membrane that separates the two... Um, um, Areas of the brain that where the fluid circulates are called ventricles. Um, with repetitive head trauma, often we see that membrane split into two. It's very common in fighters. Probably over 50% will have it. Um, happens in normal people, too, probably about uh, 17 or 20%. So it, it definitely can happen anyway, just as the brain develops. But, but clearly, it happens much more often um, if the brain is um, traumatized. And um, we know that at a group level, just looking at a, a large number of people, the larger the cavum septum pellucidum, um, the more likely there may be cognitive impairment. Right. So it doesn't mean if you have it, you're going to be impaired, but there's, there are these rough relationships. Yeah. And am I right in thinking that the split happens by you get, you get punched in the head, your brain shakes, 
and that's what causes the split? Yeah, actually, nobody really knows. Uh, that's one theory, is that it just has to do with pressure waves and, and that it traumatizes, again, this very thin membrane. Um, so uh, all we really know is that it's a, it's a marker of head trauma. It probably not causes anything. It's just a marker of how, right. you know, a lot of hits to the head. Yeah, because I remember when, when you first told me that, I was, I was a bit devastated, mm -hmm. even though you said, like, there's no evidence that it can affect you in life, but just knowing that you've got something wrong, well, uh, is it wrong, wrong with you that, that can't never get fixed, you know? Well, it, again, it, it's a, a common finding, even people, I, we've, for example, we have um, a retired NFL football player here, um, all pro for many, many years. Um, he's an attorney at the age of 70. He has a huge cave septum So, So it doesn't always correlate right. with how you're functioning. But I think, again, it, it just reflects the fact that you've probably been exposed to head trauma. Right. Yeah. You got that. Got that. I would, well, you want to do the CT stuff first, and I'd love to dive into a little bit of Alzheimer's stuff, but if you mm -hmm. want to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, if, if there's a fighter that's, that's got CTE, what are the symptoms? Is yes. there any early symptoms of, of CTE? Uh, sure. And actually, it may differ depending on the sport. So with fighters, uh, you tend to see, well, slurred speech, as you know, uh, but you can see... Um, Cognitive changes, memory, you know, processing information, uh, behavior, some explosiveness, uh, poor impulse control, uh, depression. The problem with some of those symptoms is it's hard to tease out if it's just life circumstances that causes it or is it really a brain right. disease. But when somebody starts having more progressive um, memory problems and, and just ability to care for themselves, um, that's a disease process. Right. And I remember last time you told me the best thing to do was exercise. Is that right? Well, or one of the best things. Yeah, we're extrapolating that from from information we have in other brain diseases and in in normal aging. That uh, exercise uh, produces in the brain chemicals that protect cells, uh, and you can stimulate stem cells in the brain with exercise. So, it does have a protective effect. And um, so, the idea is if it if it may help some of these other conditions. Um, it may have some effect uh, at maybe um, modifying or modulating CTE. Yeah. I'm guessing diet's a big thing as well. Diet's a little harder to, to get a hand on. Um, people talk about Mediterranean-type diets, so green leafy vegetables, berries, things like that, that have antioxidant properties. And again, antioxidant uh, properties can help protect cells from injury. Right. So that's the thought of that. Okay. Anything else that you would recommend to boxers who, who of course, we get a lot of boxers listening to this, who think that they, they might be starting to suffer from that? Well, one of the things is to get checked out because, you know, there's a lot of things that can affect memory. So um, it could be thyroid problems. It could be um, alcohol use. It could be um, depression, sleep disorders like sleep right. apnea. So there's a lot of things. So I, I wouldn't just kind of presume it's, you know, CTE. Yeah. I, I think that that's, that's the first thing. For for fighters that are actively training, um, I mean, this, I'm not saying this facetiously. I mean, you gotta you gotta not get hit in the head. So yeah. in training, I think the big thing, of course, is in training that that. And I've talked to I think fighters now, particularly at higher levels, that are doing less sparring or less hard sparring, yeah. and 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 understand that if you go into a fight having even had a mild concussion at some point. That puts you at a disadvantage, right? And so, so people really need to protect themselves in training. What about the the whole dropping weight and and um, 
in such a short amount of time and then being able to rehydrate or trying to rehydrate uh, rehydrate the next day and that kind of takes a lot of the fluid and the protection in the brain is that is there, there's some truth to that is that uh, we don't know so don't know. so you would think that uh, but there's um, not a lot of exper- like experimental evidence that mm-hmm. it, it affects it one uh, one thing we really don't know is how fast you can rehydrate the brain sure. so um, it may be that Frankly, you, you you know you could rehydrate it pretty quick, but nobody's done really experiments to 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 show that. So sure. we don't know the effect of weight uh, cutting, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's so common. We don't know what effect it has on sure. risk of concussion. Okay. Well, I've told people I'm coming here to, to check me brain and all that, and uh, a few people said, "Well, why? Because if you find out, what what's the benefits of finding out if you've got early dementia mm-hmm. or, or something like that?" What is the, what would be the benefit of someone coming into the Cleveland Clinic and finding this stuff out? Well, again, so one one um, reason would be to be sure you don't have something else that's right. that's treatable. Uh, second, there there can be things to treat the symptoms of this. Um, certainly, behavioral symptoms, um, maybe even memory and attention. Um, there are cognitive exercises you can do. Um, there's a lot of rehab things you could do. Again, maybe these don't cure the disease, but they can keep you at a higher level of function. Um, so, so I think there's a reason. I, but frankly, we cannot be sure at this point somebody has CTE. We have no diagnostic tests right, yeah. at the moment. Yeah, there's a great show out there. It's called A Fighter's Brain about a guy called Paul Pender. Have you heard of that? I haven't. Uh, he was one of the first guys that the did the experiment on about about the uh, brains and uh, he he donated his brain because he he died of CTE mm-hmm. uh, years and years ago and I just thought that was a very interesting show so if you listen to this I would recommend that I think it's on I- iTunes I would like you to listen uh, listen watch that as well doctor if, if you ever get time yeah uh, but yeah mate so moving forward for me talking about my results any, any recommendations anything I can do well. Uh Nothing we've found on you yet, so I mean, I th- we'll look at you, we'll look at your scan, but yeah. um, um, no, I think it's it's really th- doing all the kind of brain health uh, recommendations that we have. So again, the, the aerobic exercise is the, the key. Aerobic exercise, um, yeah, a- diet rich in antioxidants, staying engaged, keeping your mind active. Um, I don't think there's any magic. So in other words, we don't right. know of like any supplements that you should be taking and yeah. um, things like that. We can't recommend that because we don't know. We don't know they they do anything aside from being a placebo effect, you know. Yeah. But um, but I think a lot of the just good diet lifestyle um, that's probably will get you longer than anything yeah. else. So I I never I've not drank all year. I had a New Year's resolution not to have a, some alcohol this year, and I had a feeling that I think with that. Because last time I come, I used to be drinking like three or four times a week. Mm-hmm. For that, I thought I bet you my results are better, and my results are better. So <laughs> well, there you go. I'm take credit for that. You get a pretty thick skull too. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, I, Kevin's mom's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's now, and I know you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. just a couple sure. questions. I'm sure you you get these a lot, but first I want to say thanks for having us here, and I really do admire everything you do. Um, oh, thank you. But yeah, my mom uh, was diagnosed at 62, so that was about four years ago. She's 66 now, um, early onset. Uh, I guess just a generic question. In your opinion, I mean, why do you think Alzheimer's is becoming so prevalent now? You know, there's 6 million people that currently have it. They're saying maybe 15 million by 2050. Uh, One in three seniors dies from Alzheimer's. Uh, Every 66 seconds, someone's diagnosed. 
and it's the sixth leading cause of death. Why do you think it's so much more prevalent? Is it yes. because there's more awareness or is it lifestyle? Or? I think a couple of things. I think awareness is one that is we're better at diagnosing it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, a lot of people, particularly as they got older, were just said to have senility and, you know, or, or sure. hardening of the arteries or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, of course, is people are living longer. So it is a disease generally of aging. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the young onset cases um, are not as common, mm-hmm. and but, although they definitely occur. Uh, but, you know, the older you are, the more likely you're going to develop it. So now as people are living into their mid-80s, their 90s, mm-hmm. um, you just the numbers are going to be so much higher now. Sure. Uh, and then the other thing is people are living longer with the disease. So whereas, again, if somebody developed it when they're... 80, they might have died at 82 of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Now people are going into their 90s, and so so it is a it's it's a certainly a public health problem. We're all going to have to address. Um, and um, the good news is that there's a lot of research that is moving forward mm-hmm. on not only the diagnosis of it but also treatments. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's such a, a political thing to to raise money for it? I mean, I know I think they got they they were accept uh, Congress passed a bill for four hundred million last year, I believe that's what it was. Um, but it seems to be like kind of pulling teeth to get money for that disease and that cause. It is because it's it's not as sexy. It's it's yeah. you know it's a disease of aging. You know, people. I, I think there's this kind of nihilism of you know if you make it to eighty, you know how many more good years as opposed to let's say AIDS or cancer or, or mm-hmm. things like that not that those aren't important but sure. I think it's just that you know because they can impact people much younger um, and sometimes the results of those diseases mm-hmm. are um, more acute that is somebody develops cancer and they may be gone mm-hmm. you know in a relatively short period of time whereas Alzheimer's disease it just goes on for years and sure. years and years and years mm-hmm. so I think it's it's it, it, hopefully that tide will turn and, th- and that more emphasis will be put on um, mm-hmm. Alzheimer's disease. But I, that's my sense of it is because it's just this disease of the end of life. Mm-hmm. For many people, there's just not that much interest. Yeah, yeah. Or as much. Sure. So do you think, in your opinion, as far as a lot of people are pointing the finger towards like a lot of food additives, artificial sweeteners, and, and diet choices, do you think um, is there real, some real direct correlations to those things, do you think? Um, not that we know of. Mm-hmm. So the biggest risk, of course, are your age and your genetics. Mm-hmm. So those are the way, uh, far and away the, the two most important risk factors. Mm-hmm. There may be other things. Head trauma, for example, has been talked about. Um, and uh, 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 other diseases, so diabetes, uh, hypertension, there may be a higher risk of developing Alzheimer's disease down the line. Mm-hmm. So there are probably other risk factors, but but, you know, the two things you can't do anything about, aging and your genetics, uh, just stand way above everything else. Okay. Got it. Um, so as research go, uh, continues and, and more funding is kind of put into this stuff, you think there'll be more emphasis put on avoiding and, and, and kind of prevention rather than actually finding a cure? Or do you, th- do you think finding a cure and reversing it is a possibility? Well, I think in some sense it's going to be both. That is, even now, as we speak, there are prevention, Alzheimer's disease prevention trials. And that's, that's because we have the ability now to predict who's going to develop the disease within you know, seven or eight years uh, by using a, a brain imaging, PET imaging test. Mm-hmm. And there are drugs that are being tested, not on the market yet, but being tested that remove the protein that causes mm-hmm. Alzheimer's disease, amyloid. So the thought is if you can identify a person who's at risk 
and you could treat them before they have symptoms, you in some sense can prevent the disease or sure. at least prevent dementia, yes. which is the uh, more um, extended part of the disease where you're having a lot of cognitive impairment. Mm -hmm. So I think it's promising. I think uh, it's not going to be this year or next year, but but I think probably in the next five years we'll know about some of these drugs. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing, I think, and you probably saw in 60 Minutes, or it was several months back, but I think there was some some society, I think maybe it was in like Columbia or Medellin, where there was some people even as early as 30 that were being diagnosed, and it's just one particular family. It's right. like one and two. Um, you, can you explain that a little bit? Do you know what? Well, that, yeah, that's, that's a familiar Alzheimer's disease, and we know that there are certain mutations uh, in, in genetic mutations, so that's a, a gene that has an error on it that mm -hmm. can be passed on, mm -hmm. and if you, get, if you inherit that error, you will get the disease 100%, and you'll oh, wow. get it at a young age. Okay. And there is a family, extended family um, in Colombia that has been studied just because you can predict who's going to get the disease right. way ahead of time. You do mm -hmm. their genetics, you know they're going to get the disease. Mm -hmm. So that's not, again, that's not common, but it's a, it's a, it's a way that uh, scientists or researchers can uh, understand the progression of the disease and also look at targets for early intervention. Okay, great. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, I know we've not got much time left. I know you're a very busy man. I was just going to say, if, if there's any, any fighters out there want to get in touch, what's the best way to come and do here what, what, what I've done? Yeah, I would love to have uh, uh, fighters involved. Um, the best way is to contact the Cleveland Clinic um, and uh, just ask for our research department. Um, so I can give right. you the number if you want. But it's, um, you know, I, I think the more... Uh, people are willing to participate and volunteer, the, the sooner we're going to get an answer yeah. to some of this. I think that's a fantastic thing what you're doing. And everything that we spoke about today will be in the show notes on boxlifepodcast.com forward slash 73 or 74. I'll put it in. Uh, but yeah, Doctor, uh, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show. Oh, I appreciate, I really appreciate you all it. coming down. And, and well, I appreciate you being part of this project. Uh, yeah. It means a lot to us. And um, um, hopefully we'll be seeing you back yeah next year with with even better results yeah there you <laughs> go okay Thank sounds you. good cheers thanks okay. thanks so much bye bye oh glenn's here oh sorry we have i thought you were here <laughs>